big bitch cockroach like you should know. Never, but never fuck with the king. to another duck in the usher it is what's today's date today is the eighth yeah coming to you on a saturday we're doing this on the eighth before yeah, the, the day before friday, the day before because yeah. we've just been kind of slacking yeah i'm doing been, all right i've been slacking i'm just lazy i have been to um are you back to work yet not yet i really i'm really hoping to be, they're gonna they're open yeah <clears throat> which is a positive but they're running like a really skeleton crew because we're only allowed to be open to 25% capacity, 50% capacity on our outdoor seating. So it means they can only really like schedule in people who are already like full-time employees. And, and that's gonna, I think it's going to be sort of like a rotational, rotational thing, thing. Just so everybody gets a little fair shake until they loosen up the restrictions a little more, which <clears throat> I don't know if it's too early. A lot of people are of the opinion that this you know the soft reopen is still premature, but I mean I can't argue that my pockets are enjo- are gonna enjoy it. Yeah, no. Nah, so I'm, I, I don't know you're itching to get to work as well. I'm I'm, I'm doing okay as finance finance wise, but I'm just I'm bored. I'm just bored. <clears throat> yeah. What have you been doing? Have you have you watched you know uh, watching anything cool? Or? I watched this. What did I watch? Oh, I watched um the gentleman. The gentleman. Yeah. Oh, the uh, McConaughey from yeah, uh, it's Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie. It was yeah. really good. Yeah, was it? It was probably the best movie um, Hugh Grant has done in a very long time. What since like since the like last Cloud thing Atlas? I, since the last thing I can remember. Oh, okay. His acting is really good in this. Did you see Cloud Atlas? Yeah, a okay. long time ago. When, okay, I think when it came out, I was not right. a huge Ayn Rand person, so I didn't really. It's all at once. That's. I think you're mixing it up with Atlas Shrugged. Oh, I think I am. Ayn Rand did Atlas Shrugged. I thought. And then Cloud, I'm just, Cloud Atlas is that big oh the Tom Hanks one yeah, sprawling yeah. sci-fi epic from the Wachowskis. I feel like I'm really echoey. Right now. I don't hear it. It must be in your. Might just be in me. We got um. <clears throat> well, uh, we got a movie today. Oh, yeah. so yeah. What did you watch? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I also marathoned the Mandalorian last night, like every episode. I I just wanted up, to rewatch it. I do too. I'm gonna rewatch it as well. I ended up falling asleep the other night too. Um, you know, or Empire Strikes Back. Because you know we just crossed over May the fourth, so I watched uh, I rewatched Rise of Skywalker. I was gonna watch that, but I was not in the mentality to watch it. Yeah, it's like this seems a little too dark right now. I did rewatch <laughs> Revenge of the Sith, and man, it did. It's not really aging well. The effects on that movie. No, no. Because no. like some of the, I think, I think Attack of the Clones was my favorite. <clears throat> That's wild to me. <laughs> I, I, just because it was darker, I think you get to see a little more different worlds. I I would contend that revenge is a little darker, maybe in tone. Um, just for, you know, with the transformation from Anakin to <clears throat> Darth Vader. Uh, beyond that, <clears throat> I watched a really great zombie movie on um on Shutter called Blood Quantum. Blood Quantum. Yeah, Blood Ocean, uh, and and it was about these uh 
these native, or I'm sorry, these indigenous, the first peoples up near uh, Quebec in Canada, and they're uh, indigenous peoples who whose natural like bloodline um, renders them um, immune to the to the zombie virus outbreak, so they can still be attacked and torn apart by the zombies. They just can't turn oh, okay. after being bit. <clears throat> so they kind of like hole up a whole section of their reservation and put up these like uh, you know um, tanker. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, a, like <laughs> These, an oil tanker? No, they're, they're uh, the shipping container? the shipping containers. Like are, like they create a wall of shipping containers around mm. their area to fend them off. That was pretty good. Uh, I watched one called Mayhem with Stephen Yun from Walking Dead, where he's in this part, uh, office building and he just goes up level by level, fucking fucking up his uh, <laughs> his superiors. Uh, one called Await Further Instructions, which I didn't think was great. Uh, the platform. On Netflix, which was great, I ran through the Final Destination series because uh, those are always kind of fun. Yeah, those are a train wreck. I had a little more fun with those than I remember. There's a lot of uh, subtle nods to like horror movie greats in the naming of the characters. There's like a, a Hitchcock and then a Browning and a um, in the Final Destination. Yeah, all the characters are named after. There's a oh, one yeah. character called Murnau. I never really realized now. that. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, and I watched a really weird David Cronenberg movie. I mean, aren't they all called Dead Ringers? Where um, uh, Jeremy Irons plays a pair of twins who become sexually involved with this woman. Dead Ringers. And, and, they, and they try to pass her off to each other so that she won't know that it's not the same guy. So, And then there's a lot of like weird... Body the Houdini type of deal on her, kinda, but it, okay. it 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 veers in the typical Cronenberg fashion where it gets like very body horror and and you don't know what's real and and they're both gynecologists, so it has a, another level of weirdness to it. Um, then I watched Chud, the uh, cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller, the one with uh, Daniel Stern, and the 2002 fever dream of a drug induced fucking nightmare spun. Spun. Yeah, with, I haven't uh, heard of these. John Leguizamo, Brittany Murphy, Jason Schwartzman. Oh, wait, no, that sounds really familiar, actually. Um, Mina Suvari and Mickey Rourke, where they're all... It's an all-star cast. Yeah, and they're all, like... It's from Jonas Ackerland, I think, who, who did a lot of music videos, and he, his most recent movie was Lords of Chaos, about the Euronymous uh, <coughs> and Vik Varg and, and some of the, the second wave of Norwegian black metal where there was like church burnings and, and murder. And oh, shit. shit. Yeah. <laughs> Our movie today was a... Uh, I love this movie. You know, I watched this once a long time ago. This is my second viewing. Yeah. And we did a we did a poll on our Facebook. Yeah, pretty unanimous too. Yeah, we did like that or The Saint. And it was this or The everybody Saint. Everybody yeah. voted for this one. I was hoping for The Saint, but I was pleasantly surprised. Ah, we can do it another time. Yeah. Revisiting this. Because I haven't seen it since about 2005. Yeah, I want to say I watched this probably seven years ago. Okay. It's It's been a bit. Uh, just I think I randomly. This was free on Voodoo, by the way, if you wanted to watch it. It's which, on uh, IMDb which, TV Which really as well. messed me up because watching this, they had like certain commercials that would come in. And they were so lighthearted. And then we come oh, back it, to this. It, and, the and they would be really, really like jankily placed throughout the movie. Yeah. Because I watched it with free with ads as well. Yeah. And it was it was a bunch of Frito-Lay commercials. Like yeah. we support oh, the. <laughs> we, we're doing Bubba Hotep. Yes, Bubba <clears throat> Hotep came out in 2002. It's an hour and 32 minutes. IMDb rated it as a 7 out of 10. 
Rotten Tomatoes, 78%. Metacritic, 57 The budget was $1 million. Mm-hmm. The box office made $1.2 million. This was mm-hmm. kind of a more of like an indie kind of yeah. film. Yeah, 100% and, uh, indie. And uh, MGM. Yeah, it was distributed by MGM. Now, I think, I think a lot of this movie was, or in particular, some of the uh, special effects were created at like, at cost. Mm-hmm. Like, just as a favor to Don Coscarelli because he's just so well liked in the movie making community that a lot of this, this movie was really just kind of a labor of love. Um, everybody involved in it, like believed that the script was good. The story was good. It was, uh, you know, penned by a, a Texan. Cause I, um, I know you like this movie and this is just going to be, yeah. it's going to be rough for me to like, see if you can change my mind on it. <laughs> I think I can. I think I can actually, uh, like that, like the like fucking choo-choo train. I think I can. Um, <laughs> I do want to give a little bit of a shout out before we get started to obviously all of our patrons. Thank you again for your continued support. You guys are awesome. Um, we didn't get a critic review. We didn't get a critic review, but I do want to shout out to uh, Chris Rios for the really awesome, amazing, amazing new artwork that he sent us that we can make into a poster, which we'll probably do at some point. Um, maybe I can get some of those printed out and yeah. send them to people or something. Uh, and he uh, did a great job. I, I, sent him some love back for that because he's been doing such an awesome job yeah for it's us. it's absolutely phenomenal i can't wait to see it in poster form yeah i know he <clears> yeah, <throat> i'm gonna get it printed at some point <laughs> Excellent. i just don't know where i'm gonna hang uh, and to a new ear who may or may not be listening a one katie krauts or cat krauts thanks for tuning in she's a lovely lady okie dokie <laughs> i'll believe you i'll take it at that. um and and then to our our folks over at the copper fox tattoo company for continuing their, their sponsorship they aren't yet open currently but they do have an online presence on uh, instagram and twitter hit them up they have t-shirts and stickers and uh, uh beautiful prints uh or original pieces of artwork done by barrel bong su landscroner look him up which you could uh, if you listen to our last episode of godzilla mm-hmm. he yeah. was on that he was on um, there I, lo- I looked at our analytics yeah. recently of all time uh-huh. and guess what movie is number one in our analytics is it godzilla nope what is it so that's an earlier one Oh really? Yeah. Is it Munchausen again? No, no. You got beat something else beat Munchausen. Really? Yeah. Uh hang on, hang on. Let me th- let me see if I can see if you figure it out. It's it's an earlier episode, but of, of a more popular Yeah, earlier episode that we did maybe a couple months ago. And it's on top? It's on top. Uh is it Mario? It is Mario. Oh right. Mario's on. on top right now. So yeah, if you guys listen to things, I get to see, you know, the percentages yeah. and whatnot. And I think with that set, uh that's at a really high I think percentage. <laughs> I've had a lot of great conversations and, and like uh, interconnectivity with some people on, on film Twitter. There's the podcast Twitter Pottern family is, is the hashtag, <laughs> which is real fun. There's a couple of newlyweds who do a podcast of their own called Shoot the Flick. Uh, they were nice enough to, to drop in. And shoot the flick? Shoot the flick. Shoot the flick. Yeah, and they did sort of a listen for a listen. They had a Mario episode, so I went and checked it out, and then they in turn listen to our episode. Oh, nice. And he was like, wow, wow, this is really cool stuff you guys got in this episode I didn't know about. And in turn, they had a, a point in their episode that I was surprised to hear this piece of information. What was it? Oh, Dan Castellaneta did the opening um, narration mm-hmm. at, at the beginning of the Oh, yeah, with Mario. The, the dinosaur stuff. And they brought up, and I didn't know this, that he was the voice of the genie in the Aladdin animated series. Yeah, is he the... And you know, he, he kind of like tried to mimic Robin Williams. Yeah, he did the genie. second one, didn't he? Uh, did he? Did he do the the second movie, The Return of Jafar? Yeah, because Robin Williams didn't do the second one. Robin right, Williams came yeah. back for the third one. The oh, he did. Yeah, Robin Williams came back for the third movie of Aladdin. He didn't oh, do snap. the second one. 
I didn't know that. the same guy. But anyway, yeah, so it's been uh it's been really great with all that and um yeah, let's dive into this this uh this here movie homie. This film so Bubba Hotep, it stars the one the only Mr. Bruce Campbell as mm-hmm. uh Elvis Presley pretty much. Elvis Presley. And throughout the movie you're going to learn a little bit about that. We also have Ozzy Davis uh who's a great <clears throat> actor and he plays a man named Jack, which we'll get into in a little bit. Right. Uh Ozzy Davis is uh also known for the movie Do the Right Thing. He was in The Client, uh Grumpy Old Men. Yeah, he was also in the remake of 12 Angry Men. He was That's right. He was one of the, the jurors. He appeared in The Stand, um, Dr. Doolittle 98, Miss Evers Boys, and he did uh he was in some of the videos that were created for Trans-Siberian Orchestra's uh stuff that they Oh, did. that's cool. They, yeah. They yeah, the minute you see the guy, like you know who it is. And of <clears> course, uh, Bruce Campbell, you should you know, know who Ash, Bruce yeah. uh, Ash Williams from the Evil Dead trilogy. He was also Briscoe County Jr. Do you remember that show? Oh, man, that's been a while. Though. Yeah. He also appears in the Spider-Man trilogy as various Burn Notice, characters. Burn um, Notice. Mikhail's Navy. I like Mikhail's Navy. <laughs> Maniac like Cop. <laughs> Did one. you forget that? I, I think he was he was in Congo. I forgot that he was in there, too. Oh, it's been a while. So we should cover Congo. We should cover Congo. That's a great Absolutely. movie. Uh, but yeah, uh, the legendary Bruce Campbell, and this is 18 years ago. This movie came out too, so like his legend has only grown since that. Since yeah. then, I feel, I feel this movie wouldn't. I wouldn't have watched this movie if Bruce Campbell was not in it. I, think, I might I think, give it a chance. I think that was probably the major draw for this one. Well, yeah, I, <laughs> I definitely think so, and and that is largely in part due to Don Coscarelli. And um, I want to talk a little bit about him if we can. Yeah, go ahead before we jump in. So Don Coscarelli is a filmmaker of renown. Uh, I think uh, Coscarelli, like other fantasy horror directors, can hang his hat on one popular franchise, like George Romero, Sam Raimi, Wes Craven, uh, even though Wes Craven created multiple, uh, with Scream, Friday the 13th, or I'm sorry, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, But Don Coscarelli's uh, contribution was with the Phantasm series. Uh, Phantasm uh, came out in 1979. Have you ever seen it? No. It's wonderful. You're going to love it. Um, after having released two movies prior, um, Phantasm spawned a cult following, of course, uh, and four sequels, as well as establishing Angus Scrim as the tall man is a legitimate horror icon. So if there's a Phantasm fans, you might recognize or not. If, uh, you've ever seen the obscure horror flick that has like the orb floating through the air with the little screws that burrow into people's foreheads. Oh man, you're gonna love this movie. I'm gonna do uh, this movie would have been great for the exploitation, which is now up and running. Uh, on the next episode, I'm not gonna do Coscarelli, but I will eventually get to him in the Phantasm series specifically. Um, but I'm really happy we got to dive deep on this little gem as well. <laughs> Aside from the uh, Phantasm series, uh, Coscarelli got his start making uh, low budget movies with his friends that aired on community television in Southern California. He was originally born in Tripoli, in Libya if I'm getting that right. Um, And many of his movies revolve around impressionable young men that experience some kind of lesson or like coming of age event. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he also directed the sword and sorcery flick, the Beastmaster with Rip Torn. I remember remember that. Remember that? Yeah, Yeah. that was one of his. It doesn't have a lot out there, but everything he does touch is just gold. And what's great about his, his kinds of movies, John dies at the end. Is another one of his. I've seen that one. I didn't know that's saying. a Coscarelli. Okay. Yeah. See, everything he does is really quite good. Like, I don't think you uh, ever make like a major independent or, or a major movie 
studio movie. Yeah. Because he has a different sensibility. Uh, but but whatever his uh, his little you know magic touch has certainly seen. Uh, because Bubba Hotep depicts Elvis and a uh, a man who believes he is uh, John F. Kennedy in the body of a black man in a Texas <laughs> rest home, where the residents are being attacked by a three thousand year old cowboy boot wearing mummy trying to bring itself bring itself back to life by sucking the souls out of their bodies through their assholes. <laughs> Which was an important point. It is. I think we have some clips for that. Uh, <laughs> it was a hit at festivals. It spawned a cult following of its own, naturally. Um, and Coscarelli isn't the only... Uh, he's got sort of a pedigree. It seems his whole family is very talented as well. His daughter uh, currently is an award-winning vegan chef uh, named Chloe Coscarelli. Um, he frequently collaborates with his wife, Shelley Kay, who is the costume designer on this movie as well. She's done uh, other films for him. And even Don's mother novelized a version or the script for The Phantasm back in the day, which actually helped launch her writing career, for which now she has six novels and a New York Times bestseller. And uh, another little, uh, little feather in the cap of Coscarelli's was at 19, he became the youngest director to have a feature film distributed by a major studio with the film Jim, the World's Greatest, from 1976. Jeez, he's been around for a while then. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, his first movie was, yeah, yeah, 76. And he had a, had a couple different ones. Um, but the Phantasm series is, is still running strong. And I th- he's, he wants to do a sequel to this, which originally started as a joke, but we'll, we'll come to that um, when the time is right. And uh, a little more here about... The origin of the story. Yeah, go ahead. So Bubba Hotep is a horror comedy that came out in 2002. We established that. It's based on a 1994 alternate history novella of the same name by American author John R. Lansdale. Uh, The novella was originally part of an Elvis Presley-themed anthology called The King is Dead. Um, And then then it got published in other ways on its own. Lansdale has written stories for various genres, including Western, horror, sci-fi, mystery, suspense, uh, as well as comics. And he wrote three episodes for Batman the Animated Series. Oh, nice. Uh, That's probably my favorite animated series of all time. I I would agree. Uh, The series Hap and Leonard is also based on his series of novels. And there's a uh, television show for that as well. You ever heard of Hap and Leonard? Mm Mm-mm. Okay. That might be. It might be a little more... Grounded and more like your style, if I'm not. What's mistaken. it called? The Happy Leonard. Hap and Leonard. They're Hap a, they're a duo. Leonard. I I think it's. Is it like com? Is it cop adjacent? I don't know. It's sort of like buddy cop. I don't know 100 percent like what it's okay. about. But I've, I've I'll look it up. I'll look passed it up. over the novels before, and I've seen it. I've hovered over the uh, show on on a couple streaming services. Uh, he also wrote the film Cold in July, which stars Michael C. Hall, Sam Shepard, and Don Johnson. Um, and, and here we go. But the concept for the sequel is originally a joke, kind of like beer fest's ending mm-hmm. when the end credits announce, uh, they're going to, the they're going to go to marijuana fest, fest, yeah, fest or whatever. Come up. Yeah. Uh, and so the, the, the title for the sequel, which was a joke for this is called Bubba Nosferatu curse of the she vampires. <laughs> uh, Lansdale took these ideas and, and actually made a series called Bubba and the cosmic bloodsuckers published in 2017 which is a series of graphic novels. Um, so there is, you know, a, a, an expanded lore to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2018, IDW published um, 
Publishing released a five-issue series adaptation of that story, The uh, Cosmic Bloodsuckers, and retitled Bubba Hotep and the Cosmic Bloodsuckers, um, just for branding. (coughs) In last year, uh, Dynamite Entertainment put out a four-issue crossover series, Army of Darkness, Bubba Hotep, which is a sequel to the original story teaming Elvis and uh, Ash Williams together, who was also another one of Bruce Campbell's iconic characters from the Evil Dead. So it's just Bruce Campbell was pretty much born to do it, or I suppose, yeah, yeah. Only uh, thirty-two prints were made um, at the beginning when this film was released, and Coscarelli Road showed the movie himself. That's why probably the box office wasn't very uh, yeah great uh, across the country, as well as uh, the film circulated through film festivals to critical success. Uh, and upon its DVD release, it had a reputation with cult status and was promoted by Bruce Campbell himself on his book tour. Uh, and he took it with him uh, wherever he went. He's got some good books. What is it, like Chins Could Kill? That's the book tour that yeah. he, yeah, Chins and Could... Then, I yeah. think it's uh, Making Love the Bruce Campbell Way is another one. <laughs> yeah. My buddy Daniel Valentine is a huge Bruce Campbell fan. I think he has like, okay. every book signed by him. He, is, he loves Bruce Campbell. So yeah, this film <laughs> and the novella revolve around a mummy terrorizing an old folks' home, but also deals with themes of aging, senility... You know, redemption, um, getting old, and an otherwise youth-obsessed society. Gotcha. So they feel sort of devalued. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and jump into this thing. Yeah. Uh, the, it's, I think going through the movie is not going to take us that much time because it, it does go by pretty quickly, but there's some cool things that we're going to talk about on the mm-hmm. way. Uh, opens up MGM Studios. <clears throat> you know, you get the, the classic roar. roar. Yeah. And then uh, there's some definitions that pop up on the screen. And I oh, didn't yeah. write down the definitions. I know you did. Well, so I did. Read those for me. Uh, so the first one that pops up is uh, the the term Hotep. Uh, which is a, a relative or descendant of the 17 Egyptian dynasties from 3100 to 1550 BC. Uh, and then right after that, we Bubba. get the colloquial term Bubba, which is uh, a male from the southern U.S., a good old boy, a cracker, a redneck, or a trailer park resident. And then we get a really sweet Ben-Hur-style logo. We do. We get this. <laughs> and then we also there's also some footage of, it's like a, 1930s, there's no real sound, just music kind of playing of mummy excavations. It's like a, some stocks. It's a German footage. newsreel. Yeah, that was it. So, yeah, I and it's it actually Tutankhamun. Oh, is it, was that what yeah. they were doing? Okay. It's, we're supposed to believe it's just whatever this mummy is that's in, in this movie. Mm. And this is one of the other things I thought was incredibly clever about this movie that sort of just snuck by the viewer. Is you see King Tutankhamun or Pharaoh uh, right up front. And then throughout the movie, all the major players have titles for heads of state. You have the president, JFK. You have a pharaoh, King Tutankhamun. And then you have the king of rock and roll. That is true. So you have these... These Ks. These titles. Not not just Ks necessarily, (laughs) but sort of this regal... Regal aspect. Regal uh, title for like uh, positions of heads of state. And it's sort of like, you know, those three ideas... Kind of, uh, jockeying for position. <laughs> we, it's uh, It takes place in Mud Creek, Texas. Mud Creek. Uh, majority of this film was filmed in California, and right. uh, we get some narration from Bruce Campbell. And he's talking about his dick, talking about his penis. I got a little uh, uh, clip for that. Excellent. Uh, a lot of our clips are some narration, but it's going to push the story along. And here we go. I was dreaming. Dreaming my dick was out, and I was checking to see if that infected bump on the head of it had filled with pus again. If it had, I was going to name that bump after my ex-wife, Scylla, and busted by jacking off. 
No, man. Or I'd like to think that's what I'd do. Dreams let you think like that. Truth Shut was, up. I hadn't had a heart on in years. And, and that's a pretty cool thing here at the at the end is he's kind of laying down and there's like this dream state where people are yeah. moving very quickly in and out, kind of like he's just dozing in and out of consciousness. He's like not paying attention to the at world. All. He's the kind routine of, of the world up. just, yeah, going, just around going around. around. And, and this place is kind of a shitty... Yeah, it's... Uh, it's, it's not that great. The hallways remind me of like a Kubrick film. It's in disrepair. Yeah, it's it, it's, it looks horrible. <laughs> I, I re- you immediately like hear that a twang... Music. Um, the music is a score, well, the score in that song, <clears throat> excuse me, all the music uh, provided in this is composed by Brian Tyler, who uh, was also a composer on lots of popular movies, including recently the Power Rangers remake, the Fast series, Fast 8, Fast 7, Age of Ultron, Thor, The Dark World, Now You See Me, video games like Far Cry and Call of Duty, Constantine, The Final Cut, that Robin Williams movie, mm-hmm. and uh, Six String Samurai, and he also did the music for Children of Dune. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I don't... There's always a reference, people. I don't There's know how it happens reference. for me, but it's so it just, good. It all connects to Dune. You know I, what? Just when Dune comes out, we'll just have to end the show. Yeah, <laughs> and we have arrived. <laughs> <We've> arrived. <laughs> it's all just been a ploy. <clears throat> um, during this, uh, there's a the guy next to him, because they're kind of sharing a room, he kind of he just starts croaking, croaking out, and he pretty much dies. Uh, I I I don't want to pass over. This is an important uh, little cameo. Hmm. The man in the bed next to him, his name is Harrison Young. Okay, he was um, in uh, Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses as the father who was trying to find his daughter, whose face was ended up being oh, ripped yeah, yeah, off. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's also the aged up old. Uh, Private Ryan at the beginning of Saving Private Ryan. Oh, that is him—the one that yeah. like, walks up to the to the the, the headstone cemetery, yeah, and, and has the flashbacks to the Normandy. I didn't even notice because he's—it's so quick. He's yeah, like, and gone. I mean, I wouldn't have got it either if I if I didn't just pass over his his IMDb credit in the middle of the night. Like this is where I wrote down uh, Kubrick style hallways because they just—it looks like yeah, it's just a little weird. It also gave me the vibe. Uh, there's sort of a visual sort of connection to. It was almost like it was a flow, like a river, the way the camera was going down. Yeah, the it just kept going down the hallway, and the uh, the floor was reflective and kind of like the surface and of water. The walls are just in disrepair. It looks like yeah. it rusted. It kind of like almost fact, blood it stained. It was like, filmed in an abandoned uh, veterans hospital in L.A. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah look at that. Uh, that. You see this lady, and she's walking around, and she she pretty much is uh, stealing things from people. There's like, she oh, walks yeah. up, she walks up to a, a lady who's in an iron lung and uh, she goes up and she, she pets <laughs> the lady's hair and then just takes the glasses off the lady in the yeah. iron lung she's like, and, she's like, oh, and just puts them on. And so this lady's a klepto. She's stealing chocolates yeah. and then the klepto is in her room and she's uh, eating her chocolates. Uh-huh. And then you see this, that like, she stole from outside of another patient's room as yeah, well. Yeah. So yeah. She's, she's been just taking shit yeah. from people. And she sees a, it's like a scarab beetle. It's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. it's a scarab beetle. This looks fake as shit. It's a big fuck off scarab too, because uh, it's about the size of a. It's like the size of your palm. Yeah, like, it's like well, the size of a, It's big. Yeah, maybe the size of my hand. 
Yeah, like a New York sewer rat. Like a DVD box. Yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah. a good that's a good definition for that. Good, good size. <laughs> also, I wanted to point out. Yeah, I, uh, I think I wrote down the size of a rat. Oh, yeah, before um, it's funny. Like all this, all the the cock humor and everything he was talking about at the beginning. He says he would name it Scylla, which immediately made me think of Scylla and Charybdis, the Greek. Uh, well, I mean, he's trying to do Priscilla. <clears throat> I know, I know, but, but like it's 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 sort of a mythological conundrum. If you're between Scylla and Charybdis, is an idiom deriving from mythology means you know it's associated with the proverbial advice of to choose the lesser of two evils. I don't know. Make his choice to, to pop it live this life. Oh, oh! I thought I'm, I'm oh, going more. Could be the meditation. I thought it was just crank one. I thought it was just crank one out. Crank his shaft. Crank one out and pop the blister. Like, hey, that, that's a yeah, pretty I'm big getting choice. Getting real deep about about the head of his dick. Because there was it also Coscarelli originally wanted to do like a dual narration at the beginning where there would be a third person omniscient narrator uh, okay. and his narration and people were like mm, don't do yeah that. that'd be a little too confusing yeah, it'd be, it would be it would be the the klepto like she sees this thing like crawl it bites her yeah and, and then she starts clubbing it yeah like starts, she's ready to fight starts beating it to death and then we see the one the only kind of Bubba Hotep. Right? In yeah. Scene? Yeah. And uh, she bites the dust. Yeah. And, um, and, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I was going to say, and then like when she bites the dust, like the, Elvis. Oh, we're, you're on the right track. Yeah. I apologize. Go Elvis ahead. is in his room and he kind of wakes up and out of his like yeah. dazed and confused stupor that he's been in since the beginning. <coughs> After of the watching movie. his roommate die, he's all shook. Yeah, he's all shook and he wakes up and he wears glasses and he can't really see and he sees the lady on the floor. Yeah. Like clutching the she's side like, of the door and she's like help me and then it just <laughs> shoo, she gets sucked away yeah and then i love the morticians yeah like these and the guy who's the mortician that that says like because you see these morticians like three times he's, he brings up the the idea of uh, what, what was this man's legacy yeah was it well you know and the other guy doesn't do? give a fuck yeah and then but the um the morticians the, the guy with the glasses that's yeah. that's like Talking about like oh yeah. you know he looks like um do you remember Francis from Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure yeah uh, yeah yeah that yeah. guy it looks like he could be his kid or something you know what I definitely have seen this guy before and he was one of the few people I didn't really like jump on his uh, credits to see okay his name is Daniel Roebuck and I know I've seen him in oh of course he was in Final Destination okay that's <laughs> where I just saw him so he just took the movie from that uh he was in the fugitive guessing when he was much younger probably and also he was a medevac in we were soldiers uh it's been a while since i've seen we were soldiers yeah and it looks like he has a role in star wars the fallen order as well the new uh video game that's out there i have not played that i, hope I haven't either it looks great <clears throat> uh elvis there's more like flash periods of time mm -hmm. that go by that's right um and he wakes up and he sees like this attractive woman going through uh like drawers and stuff like that, and he he kind of figures out that it's um <clears throat> it's the old man's daughter that was that died right. next to him. It turns and, out his name was Bull, so that's what they called him. Yeah, and and she's throwing away his purple heart. She doesn't really care. Mm -hmm. She's like, he's like, well, I've never seen you around. Yeah. And, well, I wonder if the purple heart is a nod to his role in Saving Private Ryan. Maybe you know? I, I think it was also a thing because uh, like to try to believe that it was Elvis because Elvis was a big because he served and all that stuff so yeah. he was like a big war proponent of people yeah. who served. Well, it's also kind of like showcasing <laughs> the like the like when the hearse driver brought up legacy. Yeah, she is literally throwing his legacy away. Yeah, pictures. Because nobody all cares. Stuff. Like every 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 old person is just being discarded. And, um, 
Which is sort of like the rumination that the Elvis character has. He's sitting there like going over shit in his head and having lots of regrets talking about Priscilla. I was like, I think we'd fuck or something. Or I think we just talk. Yeah, about he it. asks for like the purple heart. Can I have the chocolates and stuff like that? And she like bends over and like yeah. she can see her underwear. He's like, and he's in his head going like, you know, <laughs> she bends over and just shows me everything. Made like, my no, pecker no, flutter a little bit. <laughs> no, it made my pecker flutter like a dying bird or something yeah, like yeah. that. Uh, um, and then and then we meet the the nurse. She comes in. And she has to apply cream on Mr. Elvis um, a bunch. Yeah, and and this is also kind of interesting. I have too. I have a clip. The for dynamic a this uh, this woman, the young lady Callie, it's Heidi mm-hmm. Heidi Marnhout. She was in Phantasm Four, lots of TV, and she was in a movie called Flight of the Living Dead. Flight of yeah. the Living Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can like, guess how that happens. And and what's also zombies on a motherfucking plane. Zombies on a motherfucking plane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What I also really like about this this main, this movie or this this scene rather because it does you, you do meet the nurse she comes in yeah and she looks really familiar to me I got I got yeah. a little number on her as well um, so what's also interesting is like Elvis kind of like already feels dead because he sees the way people are being just discarded yeah he's kind of checked out he he no he no he's more referred TCB. to as his name is Sebastian Half which um, and then he's talking about he, he's, his internal dialogue like keeps going back to his uh, old life. So it's like he already feels like he's dead, you know, because his old life is gone and he's just this whoever, whoever now. And I don't know if there was a intentional <clears throat> um, purpose in this naming scheme here. Sebastian, Sebastian half. Because he's half of. Half the man he used to be. Maybe. Or like a half could all, is all, or a half is also a body of water that's very narrow, swamp like, very, very, very similar to a certain set piece later in a movie. Sure, maybe. <laughs> I feel you're stretching there. I could be reaching there, but <laughs> but I'm into it. Uh, and also Sebastian, which is the Greek name, that comes from, uh, which uh, refers to somebody from Sebastia, or it's the Greek translation of Augustus, which is a title they would give their emperors, another title for a head of state. A king. A king. Okay. Feel me? I feel you. All right. Uh, and so the nurse. <clears throat> the nurse is Ella Joyce. <clears throat> She was in the F. Gary Gray movie Set It Off with Queen Latifah. The uh, Don't remember that. bank robbery movie. Awesome movie. Jada Pinkett Smith is in it too. Um, she was also in TLC's music video Waterfalls. I bet that's it. That's yeah. probably she I watched was that the, movie. I watched that I watched I watched that <laughs> I watched that music video so much as a kid. Yeah, she was the despondent mother whose uh, son gets jumped at the beginning. And and uh, I rewatched that music video too just to Yeah, yeah. And you can also see her as well as Bokeen Woodbine, who played one of the two shocker villains uh, for Spider-Man Far f- or Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, Remember the yeah. two guys that sort of shared the title the, shocker. Yeah, the tr- 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 he yeah. was the second fella who had it by the end, who like was you know punching buses at him. He was in that music video <laughs> at a very very young age as well. See that kids, if you can be in a TLC music video, you will go <laughs> you far. Can, you in can come life. up and 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 rub sav on uh, Elvis's cock. <laughs> R.I.P. Left Eye. Uh, yeah, and so the nurse is there. She's trying to help him. Well, I don't think she starts rubbing on his junk not right yet, here. She's but just I, I have a correcting cl- him about his identity. Yeah, and here's a little clip of the identity. I'm not gonna play the whole thing because it's a long clip, but you'll kind of get a basis of uh, why he thinks he's Elvis. All right. Did you know we have a celebrity here, Miss Thomas? Elvis Presley. You know the rock and roll singer. 
I thought he was dead. Well, actually, Elvis is dead. Mr. Half knows that, don't you, Mr. Half? Hell no, I'm right here. I ain't dead. Yet. Now, Mr. Half, I don't mind calling you Elvis, but you're a little confused and you like to play sometime. You were an Elvis impersonator, remember? You fell off a stage and broke your hip? Who was it? 20 years ago. It got infected and you were in a coma for quite a while. You came out with a few problems. Look, I was just impersonating myself, okay? I couldn't do nothing else. I don't have any problems. You're trying to say my brain's messed up, aren't you? Why would you want to be somebody else? I got tired of it. I sucked on pills, you know. I wanted out. And this boy, Sebastian Half, he was an Elvis imitator. He's the best of them. He took my place. Problem is, he had a bad heart. He liked drugs, too. Liked him more than I did, so it was him that died, not me. I just took his place. But why would you want to leave all that fame, Mr. Presley? All that money? I don't know. Because they got old. The woman I love, Priscilla, she was gone. The rest of the women were just women. I mean, the music wasn't mine anymore. I wasn't even me anymore, just this thing they made up. And my friends, well, they were sucking me dry. So I took a little road trip down to Nacogdoches to check out this Sebastian Half. And we meet Sebastian Half, which is Bruce Campbell dressed up as another yeah. Elvis person. Yeah, where he's acting a little more like himself. And he, yeah. he, he drops down to his knee and he kisses the ring. And like this Elvis has this big fuck off like oh, WCW Ric Flair championship it's belt massive buckle. belt buckle. And so he, they switch places and they have a contract. And the, <laughs> the clip goes longer. I just don't want to play the whole thing because yeah. it's really long. Um, they make a contract saying that if he ever wanted to switch back, they could. Right. And uh, he's like, unfortunately, I lost mine in a barbecue accident. Barbecue accident. Like his, his whole <laughs> RV just fucking explodes. He's, he's like watching it like he's relatively unfazed. He's like, oh, man. Did y'all see that? <laughs> just went up. Yeah, just fucking <laughs> He's just sitting there. Just, <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, and there's, of course, that twangy guitar there in the soundtrack. I, um, I, I do like the soundtrack. I do, too. Uh, I, I, this is the only, to me, the most believable part of the entire film. Would, would like him telling the story about the, the switch? That could happen. Yeah. Like, that, that could have been a real thing. I mean, that's the, I think the, well, like I know this is a fictional thing, but I'm saying throughout the, uh, the rest of this movie. Yeah. The, the, this is the one thing I went, yeah, that's plausible. <laughs> well, I, I, I think this, this is sort of like helps ground the story is this. It makes you care for the setup. It makes you like, it's incredibly, uh, for, for all of this, the wacky, like, um, setup and all the, all the elements that suggest it could be otherwise be this, you know, relentless creature feature. It's not, there's a lot of these really great, like meditations on, you know, aging, Mm-hmm. And he, even in the dialogue, uh, really like drives that idea home too. He uses the word old, not just for himself, but he's referring to his old life. He's like the drugs, the money, the fans. He's like, it got old. 
Yeah, and and he also like his wife divorced him. Yeah, didn't have his kid anymore. So he and, was just and there's like, also a reason like this this music. I'm really glad it's so good because they can't they they weren't allowed to use any of the uh, actual Elvis music in it because they would have spent well at least half or well over their budget just getting oh, yeah, licensing just getting for one song. For yeah, and actually the movie was actually shot in 30 days. Wow. Yeah, that's quick. And 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 what I think is really another another reason that makes me appreciate this more is Bruce Campbell's dedication to this. Is he he was clearly in the most makeup, uh, except for the 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 monster himself. Because he would he would show up two and a half hours before everybody. Just yeah, because they kind of hide the butt chin. They give him a little. He looks a little yeah, a little chubbier than normal. Yeah, he's he's wearing like a like a, a body piece. Like again, eighteen years ago, where uh, he is not quite as. <laughs> Maybe a push on maximum density the way he is now, but uh, he really, he really like uh, I think gave his heart and soul in this performance, and I think it shows because you get these these little surprisingly heartfelt moments of an otherwise really strange premise of a movie, which I think really helped me appreciate it. And when it cuts back um, after the story, uh, the the little the the daughter lady leaves, and the nurse <clears throat> yeah. now has to apply. A gel to his crotchal area, yeah. Because uh, <laughs> like they're not telling him what's wrong, but he thinks it's cancer. Yeah, he's not quite sure what's going oh, on. Oh yeah, that's another another uh, like layer to this. Yeah, Elvis has dick of this cancer. Seven layered. <laughs> the seven layer burrito of a yeah, movie. Of a movie. <laughs> uh, gives you the shit. He even like shows him meeting JFK, and he's like, you know the. JFK was a white man, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is the next thing. He's he's hanging out with Ozzy Davis, who is who is an African American male. Yeah, and he's and Ozzy Davis's character is Jack, and he thinks he's Jack Kennedy. He's yeah. like he he has a scar behind his ear, and he's like, see, they, this, they replaced it. They with replaced sand. it with sand. They replaced my brain with sand. I was. He's like, you know, Kennedy was a was a white man. He's like, yeah, but they dyed me black. He's like, like best way to cover it. Best up. way to cover it up. And what I what what what's great about Ozzy Davis in this movie because he's certainly funny and affecting yeah. himself but he doesn't he doesn't overdo it he doesn't jfk it no he doesn't he's not coming in there going they put a bullet in the back of my head yeah nothing he's <laughs> not nothing. yeah he's not doing like a roblo jfk impression which is like no. a ham it would have been funny if like his mannerisms or his speech patterns like <laughs> were closer to it because you know you got the elvis guy and also you know uh other than the supernatural element in this movie it's easy to think, okay, here's just a couple old dudes who are just absolutely losing their shit. And so there's no reason to think that it's actually JFK or actually Elvis. It, it could just be them the just theme of senility of them losing their, 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 their grasping just onto something. Something to hold on to life. Yeah. <coughs> um, Elvis is sleeping, and uh, there's a little more narration of him oh. being Sebastian Half. And he's, you know, he's like, I was torn around. And I fell off the stage gyrating, you know, because he's gyrating. Yeah, yeah, he's like, I was gyrating, taking care of business. Taking care of my hip went out. Yeah, and he just, and my hip went out. And you just see him kind of like fly off the stage. He wakes up to, uh, he wakes up out of that because he's got to go uh, rock a piss. Um, yeah, he decides not to use the bedpan because he's, yeah. like, he's like, fuck it, I can do it. So he gets out of bed, which is the first time you see him get out of bed, really. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. And this he, is funny, funny too, because when yeah. a lot of the, a lot of the filming they did with him in the bed, there was his camera rig around it, and so he couldn't get in and out easily. So one point during filming, he had to he had to uh, he had answer to nature's call for real. So he did legit use that bedpan. Bed yeah, yeah. Uh, he gets up to 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 go to the bathroom. <coughs> he turns on like the floor heater. 
Yeah. Uh, just like a little floor heater. And he comes back. Um, just like a little and, one? And the chocolate tin that he had given, uh, that the girl had given him when he was like, can I have those chocolates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's now on the ground. It's spilt everywhere. And he's like, yeah. what the fuck is going on with my chocolates? And then we see this big, the big damn scarab beetle. Yeah. Wait, they, that's another thing. They don't really talk about the scarab beetle in reference to the mummy. The mummy. I Later mean, on, it's just the bug. It's is aren't the scarabs always associated with 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 the mummy being buried in? I guess I, I'm not 100. Uh, percent There's just a big. Well, big the damn scarab bug. represents Ra. You know, that's that's just an old amulet that was used yeah. in in you know, know the Egyptian era, that the Pharaonic era. This is where we start getting the little comedy bits of Elvis fighting yeah. a big damn bug. Who won big beach cockroach? Yeah, big ass. That's the clip at the beginning. He's like, oh, man. Let's go. Yeah, he starts trying to kick you, doing the karate, he's like the Elvis karate. Elvis moves. Kung Fu. And he's like, no, my moves on you, man. He takes, yeah, he takes the uh, the bedpan and tries to trap it on the wall. And you have the old gag where he, he moves the bedpan and it's not on the wall anymore. Yeah, and the bug's hiding in the bedpan. Yeah. And it's, like, it's a big. Uh, like rubber bug too. Like they don't they don't really like, you know. Try it, it looks like one of those fake spiders. You would like a remote control spider. It's just and it just crawls around. Absolutely, yeah. He ends up stabbing it with a. Uh, it's got like a like ham a, fork. A ham fork, and then he. That's the clip at the beginning, which I can play again real quick. Yeah. Where is it? There we go. A big bitch cockroach like you should know. Never, never fuck with the king. Never fuck with the king. Yeah. And he zaps the shit out of the bug. I really like this. This scene made me think of uh, Jack White in uh, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. When he's like, hey, man, I'm the king. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, there's also two things you need to remember. Number one. Wait, what does he say? He's like, number one is I'm the king. And number and, two is, look out, man. I'm chopped you in half. He's like, there's only two people in the world who know karate, me. Chinese people. What are you doing, Dewey? You don't want none of this. this yeah, is LSD. <laughs> you guys want some of these chili cheese fries? <laughs> <laughs> Look out, man! Look out! Cut your right in half. Uh, so um, he, he wanders over to Jack's to room. To Jack right? Kennedy's yeah. room. Yeah, and he sees him lying on the floor, and yeah. he sees the scar on the back of his head. So yeah, he's like maybe, he's, maybe, maybe his old coots on or something. Yeah, he's like wakes him up. He's like Kennedy, Mr. President. <laughs> you know, wakes him up. Um, and Kennedy's room is super nice. Yeah. Compared to well, it's very presidential. Else. Very presidential. And, and in, his, it, in his room, he has like dioramas of like. Of the book suppository of the building. Book suppository building. He's got. Uh, what or depository. Suppository is a pill you put yeah, up your depository. butt. Depository. Right? Yeah. Suppos- book suppository. Yo. I just look at her face. <laughs> My wife's laughing. Just putting books up your ass. Yeah. <laughs> the new form of learning, the book suppository. Oh, my God. That's you hilarious. can get the entire encyclopedia in this little pill. I love doing this show. Okay, go on. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, and there's also the the there's like just pictures of uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, like, like above, the bed. above the bed. Yeah, it's a little weird. Uh, man, mine, I think my speaker is blown out on my headphone. Uh-oh. So, uh, so Jack Jack thinks LBJ sent another <laughs> yeah. assassination. He's, he's like, like Lena uh, Johnson's dead, uh, man. Yeah, and he's like that wouldn't that wouldn't stop him. <laughs> and he keeps recounting that there was a scuttle. I hear. I keep hearing a scuttle. Yeah, scuttle, and uh, he, he, the nurses come in, the doctors, and this this room, like this is where I said it seemed very dreamlike because uh-huh. it in Jack's room when the when the doctors are putting him in the bed and they're talking to Elvis, like the way the room is lit, yeah, it's like the nurses are very brightly white, 
and the in, doctor, in his room. Yeah, in his yeah. room and everywhere else are just brr type of thing. So yeah. I don't know if I have like a idea of what this could be. Okay, uh, later I, on. In, and in then also scene, he, does, he does the uh, he's he's like, he's like man, doc, you got you got a bug problem. You got a bug problem. Yeah, the size of a peanut butter and banana sandwich. About the size of my hand. My hand. And he's like he's like uh, hell. The food is served around here. What do I care? I got a big old gruffly in my packer. <laughs> Uh, so the guy he's talking to, the guy he's talking to, the administrator, that, that man is Reggie Bannister. Mm-hmm. He is a frequent collaborator with Don Coscarelli, and he's been in every single one of the Phantasm movies. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Bugs, the- side of my fist. <laughs> side of a peanut butter and banana sandwich. <laughs> man, I love peanut butter. We made banana bread if you oh, want some later. What? Yeah. Fantastic. Sorry, let's... Th- Listeners at home. Okay, so this is the next morning. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the next morning. Uh, this is when the nurse comes in. The She's nurse like, we comes gotta in, do that little yeah, thing. Do that thing, and uh, he starts having flashbacks of like fighting <clears> off the <throat> bug. Yeah, seeing the girl bend over, and yeah. he pops a chubby. He pops a Woody, and I love. Homegirl's like, Mr. I love his thing. Uh, yeah, but he's like, I haven't had a boner like that in two presidential elections. Yeah, what do you say? <laughs> Twenty years ago, I could have had a curly lip smile and her eating out of my asshole. <laughs> He's having an existential crisis and he pops wood. <laughs> He's uh, like, there have been two presidential elections since yeah, I had a boner like, locked up. And she's like, Mr. Hess, yeah. contain yourself. He keeps peeking at it too. He's like, all satisfied with himself. Leaning back, <laughs> gazing over the gut. <clears throat> Uh, the next scene cuts to them. They're at dinner. Yeah, he's eating a sad-looking bologna sandwich, and there's this Lone Ranger-looking dude. Yeah, Kimosabi. In the dining room, yeah, too. Kimosabi yeah. and I used to play uh, cards. That's right. Let himself go. Doesn't he, remember he himself. He keeps referring to himself as, or refers to his friend as Kimosabi. Kimosabi yeah. What's interesting here is this man is Larry Pennell, who played the character Dash Riprock on 10 episodes of the Beverly Hillbillies back in the 60s. Oh, wow. And in one episode, he actually dressed up as, as the Lone, Lone Ranger, Ranger for <laughs> Granny. That's funny. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, he, like many of the people in this movie, have passed away. Yeah, Ozzie Davis died in 2005. So did Harrison Young. So did Edith, uh, I forget her last name, the uh, the lady who was the klepto lady. The klepto, yeah. The first yeah, roommate. Some stuff. She was not. She was in like three movies. She, was, she looked familiar. She <clears throat> well, I, you old. might recognize the other one she was in, but she wasn't in very much. Um, so the uh, the bug memory comes back. He can't sleep. Sees a silhouette. He sees a silhouette of a girl, and he thinks it's his daughter, yeah. Lisa Marie. Yeah. And he's like, Lisa Marie. Does, does he refer to her no, by he, name? He, no, he just kind of... He, he's he my thinks daughter. It, he's like, my daughter. And then he said, thinks it's Priscilla, and then... Jack Kennedy wakes him yeah. up, and I have a little clip of Jack Kennedy okay, cool. right here. Sebastian. Sebastian. It's loose. What's loose? Yeah. Listen. Jesus Christ. What's that? I thought it was Lyndon Johnson, but I was wrong. I've come across new evidence that suggests another assassin. Assassin? He's after another target tonight. Come on, I want to show you something. I don't think it's safe if you go back to sleeping. For Christ's sake, man, just tell the administrators. Suits and white starches, no thank you. I trusted them when I was back in Dallas, and look where they got my brain in me. I'm thinking with sand here. I mean, I pick up some waves maybe from my brain, but someday, who knows, somebody might just disconnect the battery at the White House. Oh, yeah. That's something to worry about, all right? Listen here. Listen. 
I know you're Elvis. There was a rumor, you know, that you hated me. But I thought about that. You hated me, you could have finished me off the other night. What I want from you is that you look me straight in the eye and assure me you had nothing at all to do with that day in <laughs> Dallas, and that you did not know Lee Harvey Oswald or Jack Ruby. Now look, man, I had nothing to do with Dallas. And I knew neither Lee Harvey Oswald nor Jack Ruby. Good. May I call you Elvis instead of Sebastian? You may. Excellent. You wear glasses to read? Well, I wear glasses when I really want to see. Get them. Come on. <clears throat> uh, every time uh, <clears throat> he would walk around as Elvis, it made me want to watch 500 Miles to Graceland. Oh, yeah. Because I was like, oh, you know, uh, what's his name? Could have could have totally done this movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he could have. I, I like this scene, too, because you get another piece of that great score from Brian Tyler. Brian Tyler did Thor The Dark World, and you can really hear hints of the score for Thor in, in that. Yeah, you were saying real that. subtle. It sounds a lot like some of that. You know, you know what it really sounds like? What's up? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's what it sounds Thanks. like. <clears throat> Keep that ready. I got some stuff <laughs> coming up for you. All right, so um, he's like... <laughs> Uh, he's like, ask not what your nursing home can do for you. Uh, he gets a uh, homeboy up, and they and he's like, I gotta show you something. They go investigate the bathroom, and there's there's hieroglyphics on the wall in the bathroom. And uh, is, uh, do I you have, have a clip for that? Too? Yeah, I have the clip. Okay, fantastic. Go ahead yeah, and play it. I have a clip of that. And here's the where they're talking about the glyphics. Took it back to my room, looked it up in my books, and I wrote it all down. Now this top line translates roughly into pharaoh gobbles donkey goobers and the bottom line cleopatra does the nasty say what <laughs> well pretty much that's the best i can translate it well all right so one of the nuts in here the present company excluded thinks he's tooting common or something comes in here writes hieroglyphics on the wall i mean big deal man what's the connection why are we standing here in a toilet well i don't know what the connection is exactly not yet but that thing caught me asleep last night. And I came awake just in time. He had me on the floor. And I had his mouth over my asshole. Was she a her? I don't think so. He was after my soul. And you can get that out of any major orifice of a person's body. I read about it. Oh, yeah, where, man? Hustler? The Everyday Man or Woman's Book of the Soul by David Webb. And they got some pretty good movie reviews in there about stolen soul movies in the back. Come on, I'll show you. Yeah. That clip made me laugh, I think, the hardest. Because <laughs> <clears throat> I was watching it. He goes, Pharaoh gobbles donkey goobers. And then Cleopatra <laughs> does the nasty. <laughs> and you can see Bruce Campbell's reaction. He's like, looking at him like, say what, man? <laughs> <laughs> and he's using his mouth over my asshole. He's after my soul. It's uh, it's pretty much is just a bunch of people like just losing their <clears> mind. Like, look, I, I see these glyphics that are yeah. written on a bathroom wall. Yeah, it's great. 
I, um, I love it. The yeah, the nurse is uh, smoking outside, mm-hmm. and uh, as she's smoking, she kind of sees lights flickering in the yeah. old tool shed, and she kind of walks up to it, and then when she turns around, the doctor's there. And, yeah. What are you doing? Go back inside. Take care. Blah blah blah. Ms. Ms. Tittleson's needs an enema. enema This time, and uh, she's having a smoke. And I like I like it when you can see real smokers in movies because it was like halfway down. It was a full like cherry and like a stack of ash coming off of it. Yeah, she was really smoking the cigarette. It wasn't just like she just let it put it out. I mean, I know smoking is bad for you. I'm a smoker, and there's also there's a point there's like they have this like a red POV camera type of thing uh-huh. peeking through the crack of the shed like watching the nurse yeah um and when the yeah so they, the, uh, the door of the shed opens and was there a body laying on the ground I is, think so is, I guess that's how he got the cowboy hat is that the, the gardener because later boots? he says I stole this from the gardener maybe oh like, it could be where he got the boots and the hat yeah from. the boots and the hat because at first I was like is this it's is, Texas I was like is this mummy like Stevie Ray Vaughn or something. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, he's got a feather in his cap. Yeah, I was like, uh, it's just going to play us some Texas flood music. Uh, uh, I mean, and you that's, uh, that's, a, that's a fine... Could happen. That's a fine assessment there. Uh, he, You see him kind of stumble out, just like the feet. Um, yeah. And then they're back in the room, and they're reading the Everyday Man or Woman Book of the Soul. Yeah, the Everyday Man or Woman's Book I did, of the I didn't soul. get a clip of this, because it's just... Uh, there's a bunch of... You know, he's like, do you... He's like, do you want a ding-dong? And he's like, wait. You some, you got, man, you got ding-dongs? You got ding-dongs? He's like, well, n- not my ding-dong, you know. But. Yeah, I'm thinking about a chocolate ding-dong. He's like, well, Of course, that would be a chocolate ding-dong. Yeah, mine would be a chocolate ding-dong. He's like, man, you got ding-dongs? Yeah, um, he's got like a baby Ruth. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I like I like this part, too. Because the Everyday Man or Woman's Book of the Soul, get that button ready, <laughs> is uh, opened to Chapter 7, The Soul Sucker. And the text is lifted directly from H.P. Lovecraft's 1927 work, Supernatural Horror in Literature. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was wondering <clears> what <throat> the artwork was from, because I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. The artwork could be just probably put in there from somebody else. Oh, but somebody the text else. is the lifted text from H.P. Okay. H.P. Lovecraft. And he's like, you got ding-dongs, man. And uh, he's like, I may got a Baby Ruth, which I really liked, because Baby Ruth is my favorite candy bar. Megan likes Baby Ruth, so I'm not a huge Baby Ruth fan. <clears throat> and one of, his, uh, one of his quotes, Ozzy says, he's like, let's get decadent. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, that's perfect because they're getting old and they're dying. Yeah, he's got like a hole. Decaying, decadent. Decadence. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it, Fish. You're working hard on this. Yeah. I like it. I and like they, it. They, they collectively surmise that it's an Egyptian soul sucker feeding off the elderly through their buttholes. And uh, we cut to Kimosabi, and the soul sucker is in Kimosabi's <clears throat> room. Yeah. Baba Hotep. And. Uh, they they see like the Bubba Hotep walk down the hallway. Yeah, and Elvis locks eyes with it. Yeah, and he starts getting these weird flashbacks of like the mummy being dismembered. Yeah, the, yeah, a bus, uh, it being stolen. <clears throat> He's it, getting like hints of of the mummy's life. Oh, and when the mummy's walking down the hallway, <laughs> the dude, it was like this really bad like spinning light thing. Yeah. Like this, this is where I went. Like, okay, budget's not that great oh, yeah, yeah. on this part this is here. Actually, one of the reasons I thought it was great because they really are taking as, as the minimal amount of stuff that they have at their disposable and trying to, you know, make something that's passingly entertaining. <clears throat> I, I I love the look of the uh, the monster as well. Oh, the mon- It's just it, and it gets 
It gets worse, I feel. What's uh, another cool part about this is this sort of dir- the flashbacks that he's, he's having directly relate to the beginning of the movie with the f- newsreel footage. Yes. Because they were like, come into a museum near you. And that's why you see it on a bus because it was uh, being toured. Yeah, through a, well, around we, the U.S. We have a little thing about the bus. And um, <clears throat> where was I? We're still at the Kimos. Uh, he locks eyes with him. He has those flashbacks, and then he just keeps walking by. And then Kimosabi comes out, and he's like, "Oh shoot yeah, yeah," with his fake guns. <clears throat> and then he has a heart attack. Yeah, that's right. And then doesn't does Bubba Hotep come back and suck the soul? Or he just no, dies, actually, right? uh, this this sort of um, <laughs> after <laughs> well, Jack was reckoning that the. Uh, that because he eats souls, he craps souls, and he's like, must crap soul residue. Oh yeah, I remember that. Uh, right, well, yeah, so, why was he in the bathroom? Yeah, <laughs> so there's a there's a cool that hallway walk is cool. Elvis trips out. My mommy walks by. Kimosabi uh, buys the farm. Um, he's firing his toy guns. Yeah, that's when he has the heart attack. Yeah, and falls over. And then they, they say they're like, well, you know, we we decided to keep it to ourselves, so they didn't think we were crazy, so we made yeah. up a story. And then we see the morticians at the beginning, and they like drop the body. It just starts getting a little. That's when it got real slapsticky, and yeah. I was like, come on. But it's you know trying to drive home the fact that nobody gives nobody a shit cares about, about these, these people. Yeah, and um, and the old these old people see like death coming from from every angle, and now manifesting as a goddamn mummy um and what's what's funny too is after the film wrapped they uh they all the crew went to an egyptian themed water park <laughs> like down the road fucking hilarious yeah be great if uh bruce campbell was just wearing the elvis outfit the entire time at the water park <laughs> um the elvis is walking around and He's like, how did he get in here? Where'd he come from? And he, yeah. as he's walking away, the nurse is like, Mr. Johnson, or, you know, Mr. Yeah. Half, we got to put your stuff on. And he's like, fuck off, lady. He's like, you fuck off, you patronizing bitch. <laughs> yeah, I, if I want to rub shit on my dick, I can do it myself. He's like, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna lube up my own damn crankshaft. <laughs> and he goes down to the riverbank, which a little bit of slapstick <clears throat> comedy of this guy in a water. Oh, when he tries to get w- down the hill? Yeah, and he's, oh, oh, oh. he's like, hey, now. <laughs> Yeah, so bad. Okay, what's what's uh, I, there? There is uh, as much as I tried to glean <clears throat> from everything I was digging up about this movie. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah. a there's a making of documentary. It's about forty eight minutes long. God, it's, it's only, like longer, almost as long as the fucking movie. <laughs> well, it's there's there's a lot going on in this movie. And what was uh, that on YouTube or something? No, you uh, you got to get the DVD. The YouTube had a clip, uh, okay. a little bit of a clip that w- what showed a little bit of interview with like. Bruce in the makeup chair, Don Coscarelli. Um, and there was another, like, bits of footage referring to the, specifically the makeup uh, and the costume mm-hmm. for Bubba Hotep. They, um, K&B, did I already mention this? K&B Effects did the costume and the mummy design at cost of the materials as a favor to Don Coscarelli. I think you may have mentioned that. But I mentioned that cool. already. But yeah, that is, that yeah, is that's pretty, pretty cool. great. Yeah. Uh, and and when he when he gets down to this this uh, riverbed this is where I sort of had the idea okay maybe then the name is somehow but I think that was a complete accident. He, he sees there's a, there's yeah, a shot of the uh, the bus plate yeah and he sees like a bridge and he's like kind of piecing the visions together. That's a what little Kimosabi bit. was talking about at dinner. Yeah, he's like under the bridge, under the bridge, asshole. Oh, was he, oh yeah, he was, he was referring to about. yeah he was talking about the mummy. And, and um, the the shot of the license plate actually was done in Don Coscarelli's backyard with like a little wading pool. Oh, really? And it, it's just an insert shot. The license plate looks really new to be sitting in water for. I yeah, I mean, I guess yeah. How many years? <laughs> well, I don't think that the 
we're supposed to believe. Well, I, oh yeah, we are because it was supposed to be like in the fifties. Yeah, in the fifties, and now the we're bus in the crashed seventies or eighties or whatever the time. Oh, was and so to be. so the mummy was just chilling in his sarcophagus. Yeah, like, and he got in out. the river. Yeah, and he got knocked. It's over. great. Also, too, I can't help but think of like Jay bringing up the concept of water, uh, in in relation to like, you know, mortality. Mm-hmm. I think it was was that his point he was making about death and water and. Because um, we mentioned like Sharon, the rivermen, the oh the ferryman, and yeah, the river the sticks, yeah. and and I don't know. My, that's where my mind went uh, uh, immediately, like seeing seeing all of this because he's finding it the all underworld there. stuff like that, <clears> like the <throat> path on the, on to the it. river. Yeah, um, Elvis comes back to his room. He barely comes back to his room. And yeah, he's got to apply his uh, his lubricant. His and he kind of says he's like he, he's like I have cancer. He's like he's like they're just, telling me. Yeah, he's like they're I not telling cancer me. On my I dick. Get, get cancer on the penis. Um, <clears throat> and then he's kind of watching TV. It's the Elvis hour. Yeah, no Elvis, zero Elvis, zero like, Elvis. It looks like Elvis. It looks like it. It's stock footage. It's stock footage, but that they, they just put together the Elvis television hour. Um, Kennedy comes into the room with some news, um, and I have a clip of that right here. Mm. I had the woman who calls herself my niece come get me. She took me downtown this morning to the newspaper morgue. She's been helping me to do some research. Research on what, man? On our mummy. Well, you know some of us? I know plenty. Now, one of the lesser mummies on loan from the Egyptian government was being circulated all over the United States. You know, museums, stuff like that. What, you mean like King Tut or whatever? No, no, more like King Tut's brother. Now, his mummy was flown or carried by the train from state to state. When it got to Texas, it was stolen. Stolen? Evidence points to it being stolen at night by a couple of guys in a silver bus. Bus? Hey, I seen that. Anyway, the thieves broke into the museum, stole it in hopes of a ransom. When in comes the worst storm in East Texas history. Let me guess. The bus was washed away, see? Because I think I saw it today. It was, it was way back in the creek. The mummy was imprisoned by the debris. Well, look here. How'd it come back to life, man? And, and, and how did I end up inside his memories? The speculation broadens here. But from what I read, some mummies get buried without their names. A curse put on their sarcophagus. Hey now, maybe our boy's one of them. I mean, when he's in the coffin, he's just a dried up old corpse. But when the bus got washed away, I mean, maybe it overturned or broke open or something, and now he's free of coffin and curse, man. He's free from imprisonment, but he still needs souls. And now he's free to have them. He can just keep on feeding unless he's finally destroyed. So what do we do, Jack? Well, changing rest homes might be a good idea. I can't think of much else. But I will say this. Our mummy is a nighttime kind of guy. So, I'm going to go and sleep now. Set my alarm for just before dark. Then I can get myself a couple of cups of coffee. Damn straight. Comes in here tonight, I don't want him slapping his lips on my asshole. (laughs) Yes. Consider it. He's got the proverbial... Bird's nest on the ground here.
get some more of that music. Um, so they they pretty much um they get together that night, and <clears throat> they're yeah. gonna go hunting. They're like, we gotta we gotta get yeah. this motherfucker. As Jack reckons, uh, sleeping during the day is best, and uh, I love that line. Don't want his lips on my eyes. So well, I think there's one point where it's like, well, I'm gonna get some sleep, and then um. He's like, we'll meet up at, at twelve. At what is it, like two forty-five? Yeah, and he's better like, make it one thirty or yeah, whatever. No, he's like, he's like, yeah, but you should wake up one thirty because it takes you forever to get over to my room because he's like hobbling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> we see they're outside, and yeah, this is where he's like, I stole this from the gardener. It's like the um, well, yeah, like yeah, a sprayer, and he's pouring like rubbing alcohol, gasoline into this. He was pouring a bunch of I shit. I suppose some kind of flammable like, paint yeah. thinner, maybe? I don't know. Paint thinner with gasoline. <clears throat> and, then, and then he puts a cigar in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, they gear up for an old man fight. Because uh, they say that uh, fire cleanses all evil. And um, while they're sitting there talking, um, before they or after they have a little heroic old man march down the hall, mm-hmm. uh, Elvis is showing off his medicine bag. Oh, yeah. And it's bag. full of uh, the keepsakes of all the dead friends. Of everyone before that died. And a picture of his daughter also, right? <clears throat> right. Yeah. Is these are the... Because uh, remember when, when the Kimosabi character died, he said, um, the mummy didn't get his soul. He's like, he died with his soul intact. And he, and he realized, okay, that's that's what we have to do. That's what we all have to do. Like when we re, when we hit our... When die our number is up... Die with your soul intact. Die with your soul yeah. intact. And um, so his his way of uh, doing that for everyone who who's died before him, they're, you know, in the nursing home, he's got all their like a totem mm-hmm. for each of them mm-hmm. in, in his medicine bag. And he even calls the bag Mucho Mojo, which is a title of another Joe Lansdale story. Oh, nice. Yeah. Little call there. Uh, and then Elvis asks Jack how Marilyn performed in the sack. Yeah, and he's like, top secret. Top secret. And then, he, and then he's just like, well, between <laughs> me, you and me, wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, so... And, and and Kennedy's in like a uh, like a motorized wheelchair, yeah, because uh, he can get around better that way. Um, and then they're kind of like using Kennedy as bait, yeah. type of thing. And Elvis is waiting behind, and then mm. Kennedy kind of falls asleep. Yeah, I was gonna say, he did he nod off? Yeah, he just <laughs> nods <laughs> off. And you see Hotep just like kind of walking he shambles towards. out of the creek. Uh, and then like he's this, got a little fight with him. right? Yeah, he has like a Hotep attacks Elvis. <clears throat> he's um, like, don't make me use my stuff on you, baby. Yeah, and then Kennedy kind of comes to the save at one point, and then Hotep like disappears. Yeah, he, he stops and turns and just walks away, and yeah, then like disappears behind a tree. And I, I, I it's laughed like a out cartoon. loud. At that. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> like, <whoop. clears throat> I thought that. Oh, I think we forgot to mention that the the monster himself is played by Bob Ivy. Um, Bob Ivy did a lot of stunt work, mostly only stunt work, um, including the movies Near Dark with by Catherine Bigelow, mm-hmm. Powder. Remember okay, the movie yeah, Powder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, lots of schlocky 80s and 90s movies like uh, this is a pretty schlocky film in my yeah it's, uh, his first job I think was on the Dukes of Hazard and he's been in over 100 films oh wow okay um, so yeah well I mean he gets caught on fire at one point <clears throat> coming up he's in the I was going through his IMDB list and there's a movie he's in called like like some something some cheerleaders at the slime bowlerama <laughs> or some shit yeah I don't know I, I'm gonna have to really like talk about him more on my other show Okay. Uh, the yeah, Kennedy comes to save. Hotep disappears, and then <clears throat> Elvis is looking around, and then um, Hotep starts attacking Kennedy, 
and his wheelchair kind of zooms off. Yeah. And <laughs> and this is just the weirdest thing. Well, he gets backhanded and knocked out of the chair. The chair keeps going. Yeah. And then Elvis sees uh, it. Elvis kind of he's like, hum, ho, ho, hum, ho, hum, hang on, on. on. I'm going to get it. Yeah. Gets on the chair and then runs back over and kind of he, he lights uh, yeah. the hotep on fire. And Jack's like, the, now time for the president. What is it? The president is finally no more. Or the something president like that. soon is dead. Soon is dead. Uh, it's it's up to you now. You got to take care of business. You got to. And he hands him this piece of paper, and I have a little clip. Okay. Of this. Here it is. Mr. Kennedy. The president is soon dead. So, now, it's up to you, Elvis. You, you, you got to get him. You got to take care of business. Salutes. <clears throat> I swear these same four notes are the same theme for the door, uh, Thor the Dark World. Possibly. It sounds just like it. I mean, it is Brian Tyler. You nasty thing from beyond the dead. No matter what you think or do, good things will never come to you. And if evil is your black design, you can bet the goodness of the light ones will kick your bat behind. That's it. That's the chant against evil from the Book of Souls. Oh yeah, right, boss. And what kind of decoder ring comes with that, man? <laughs> Shit, don't even rhyme well. And uh, Hotep gets back up and then starts. He speaks. He speaks. And then these letters, like these hieroglyphs go like. They appear in the air. And it's like, what is it? He says. He says, by the unwinking eye of Ra, uh, which I guess is a battle cry. Yeah. That he and, says something really stupid. And then uh, after this, this particularly affecting like tender moment. I love the music through there. Oh, yeah. It just it gets a little out of control. <laughs> he gets up. Uh, and oh, oh and I want to say also that him reading that that piece of paper with the ineffective yeah uh, spell is very similar to him fucking up the line on the Necronomicon in Army of Darkness. That is funny. Yeah. He's like Klaatu Verata. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that that was easily a callback to another one of his. And then so the mummy says again, 
eat the dog dick of Anubis, you ass wipe. And it pops up in uh, glyphs where you see a dog, or no, a mouth, a dog's head, a dick, <laughs> and, then, and then a character bent over with like a hand, uh, uh, I guess, to <laughs> represent the wipe. And uh, so there's more of a fight. More of a fight. They, have, they, they end up, a, they a end up down fest. by yeah. They end up down by the river. Uh huh. And a van down by the river, which um, I think, uh, you know, yeah. Is and perfect. Uh, I, had, I had like the end clip for that. Um, they're fighting. Uh, he gets knocked down on his back, and Hemotep is just beat Hemotep. 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 Yeah, yeah. It's such a better movie if it was that guy. Uh, Bubba Hotep is uh, slogging him in the head with He this, grabs a stick and just yeah, starts just beating, beating the fuck the out of him. the hell out of him. Well, I think Elvis now has, because the fall gave, broke his rib. Yeah, I think he's got like a punctured lung or something. Yeah, yeah, it's coming out of him. like it's a balloon. I have like a, a, like a water balloon. I have the, the end clip here for that. Here okay, cool. I was going out. And if I did, not only would I be one dead son of a bitch, but so would my soul. I'd just be so much crap. No afterlife, no reincarnation, no angels with harps. Whatever lay beyond would not be known to me. It would all end right here for Elvis Aaron Presley. Nothing left but a quick blush. TCB, baby. It lights him on fire. Again. It's a full body burn, too. It's really cool. Yeah. Your soul-sucking days are over, amigo. Spooky. Yeah. And there's a little bit more narration that I didn't grab where he <clears throat> says that my, my chest is Oh, you didn't get the last no, line where he I, says, thank you. Thank no, you very much. No, because uh, there's, there's, there's like another good minute and 30 seconds of it. Where oh, he, say, he says like, you know, he's like, my, I got a wound. <clears throat> I can feel like a balloon. I feel like side. a water balloon has been punctured. <laughs> yeah. And then he, that's when he says like, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. And then it fades to black. And Well, before yeah. and, and, and before it fades to black, uh, there's, you see all the souls escape from. That's that. Yeah. And then people <clears throat> so screaming. he's like, uh, all the. Yeah, all, all the folks, souls are back at Shady Grove. Or folks whatever. up, oh, Shady Brass can uh, keep their soul. He gets to keep his soul. He gets his 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 both uh, his redemption, <clears throat> and um, you know he he can feel at least like he, you know, did something. It didn't just waste his life. Yeah, just the last sitting on his back. Yeah, with dick cancer. And the the Thor the music the music just screams Thor the Dark World at me. The music is so much better than the movie itself. I in disagree. Well, let's do. Do you have some more stuff, or do you want to? I, duck I do. This? Yeah, yeah. yeah the ahead. final. Um, well, the, the glyphs appear in the sky. Oh yeah, there's uh, some because Elvis's soul is intact. Living is about yeah, you keeping see some, one soul. Yeah, you see some glyphs pop up. And glyphs pop what up. Does it in the say sky. all is well? It says all is well. Yeah. yeah, and he whispers, "Thank you." 
Thank you very much. <laughs> and then he dies. Uh, the music has those elements that I, I think are fantastic. Um, the final line, even in the credits, too, if you watch all the way through the credits, oh, okay. <clears throat> there's a person whose job is listed as senior wrangler. <laughs> Probably for all the people in the rest home. And, um, and then at the bottom, during all the legal jargon, and usually it says something like criminal prosecution and the wrath of Bubba Hotep is what you got to look out for, um, which is similar to something he does with Phantasm, where he says, um, you know, uh, you'll you'll suffer the criminal prosecution and the wrath of the tall man <laughs> if this is, you know, unauthorized reproduction of this or whatever. Um, and generally, the, the movie follows the story to a T, uh, where the only significant character that didn't make it into the movie was an old lady that believed she was a sex change John Dillinger. Damn it. That <clears throat> right? would have made this movie a hundred so? times better. <laughs> Just that? Um and yeah, I, I I really really loved this movie. I thought it'd be a great sitcom, especially if I had a bunch of people who the uh, sex changed John Don John, John Dillinger. Dillinger. Uh, yeah, I mean that that's that's I mostly that's everything I have for uh, for this movie. Uh, I I thoroughly I watched it twice. You know we're we're actually getting real close to being exactly the amount of time the movie is to our podcast. What? Yeah, that's incredible. Let's duck rate this thing. Okay, four ducks. Four ducks. Wow, four man. ducks. Well, because I think I think that the Don Coscarelli really knows how to take scotch tape and popsicle sticks and, and put together it, yeah. a really cohesive, like affecting uh, story with really nothing like it, it, as outlandish as those themes or, or the set pieces are and the people within it, like the the themes therein, I think are more important to like the story and to why why the movie works at all. Uh, is because of those themes of, of legacy and aging, you know, youth culture, the, your your last chance at life, the the three kings, the pharaoh, the president, the king of rock and roll, um, and keeping their soul intact despite it all, and the meditation on senility and regrets and uh, all those things, I think, come together quite well. I was going to give it one duck, uh-huh. but because Fish worked so hard to try to convince <laughs> me... <laughs> I give it two ducks. Two, I'll okay, give it two. I'll take two. I'll give you an extra one on it. All right, it's it's <clears throat> this is a hangover movie. Like, just get real stoned or something and watch this it. This is it's, yeah. It, I, I recommend. I don't think it's anything that's going to change your life, but it <clears throat> is the beest of B movies in my like. For me, it's yeah. There are some other things that I would definitely hold. Well, it's, it's 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 a <laughs> it's, it's a real, it's a heartfelt idea dressed up with the most ridiculous. Yeah, no, I, I understand like the yeah. whole heartfeltness of it. It's just I think that the, the okay. ridiculousness icing is just laid on a little thick mm-hmm. for me. Okay, like, I suppose. And just yeah, it is making a movie out of popsicles, popsicle sticks. Yeah, um, there there is there's other like cool things about the credits too, or even there was even a reference to the Mummy's Hand, which is an old movie mm-hmm. from the 30s, where it talks about tana leaves being part of the plot device that helps stop the mummy he even says what we got to do we got to get some uh tana leaves or whatever (laughs) you know and uh shit like that um in the also in the credits there's another point the the glyphs underneath all the major players names all had or were intended to have uh a meaning and a purpose of their own oh really someone said i thought it was just randomized they are they are kind of randomized for some of the lesser like Bruce Campbell and roles, and but like that. yeah, I think the major ones all have like distinct things that allude to their their specific characters in, oh, the, okay. in the movie. Nice. Um, 
And then there was the, we already talked about the proposed sequel, because at the end of the credits, it says, Elvis will return and Bubba Nosferatu, blah, 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 she, she vampires. And, and they still, it's in, it's in development right now. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll see it. I'll still watch it. Like, it's supposed to be a prequel where he's filming one of his old movies and he runs afoul of some female vampires. So I think it's going to be more like, hey, look, look, look at this thing on my pecker. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a mole? Is that a mole? <laughs> I, 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 I Change your color tomorrow. I think, I, would, I think I'd like that more than this one. Really? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Because yeah. it'd be on a movie set. And it'd be kind of fun. Uh, I, I, and I think another thing that kind of drives it home for me a little more is like it's got to be incredibly strange for some of these actors to you know play around with these big ideas, especially when a lot of them were in their own sunset years. Oh, my my, my buddy Carl, I sent him the the trailer, and he's like, "Man, I really wish I was in that pitch meeting." I was like, "Yeah, I want to know right? how this was pitched to MGM. Uh, yeah. I got this idea." <laughs> well, I invite you to to dive into all of Don Coscarelli stuff. I mean, you've seen. John dies at the end. Yeah, and that's a wacky, ridiculous movie. Yeah, I just I, the production quality is just a, I think a little bit better than this one. Yeah, just slightly. Just they slightly. even they even talked about how, well because Paul Giamatti is in that one, and uh, I was it was a Reddit AMA with Don Coscarelli where he talks a lot about uh, you know the various <clears throat> films he's worked on and and how much he wanted to do a sequel to this um, with um, Paul Giamatti playing the part of Colonel Parker. Um, who I guess was was that Elvis's guy that got him in the movies and I think so or I, I'm not I'm not a huge Elvis the guy the guy who um, introduced me to this movie back in 2005 or six was uh, Ed Tincher he's a he was the um, like senior tattoo artist forgive the expression there Ed at uh, Old Town Tattoo back in the day and he was oh, a yeah. big big Elvis uh, fanatic and he had the TCB right there on the ring. Big old, yeah, big old fat. He's from West ring. Virginia. He had he did a lot of like Elvis cosplay. He loved this movie um, because it was definitely in his wheelhouse. He's into like the you know horror genre and stuff. He does a lot of artwork and and, and model making, and he's a creative. And so he he was originally the one who like told me about this movie. And at first, I I, I don't think I cared back then because I think it was just into fucking I don't know. Ridiculous metalcore music and smoking pot and going getting drunk. Yeah, and banging I watch chicks. some Elvis <clears throat> Hotepi crap. Yeah, I, I never really got into it, but uh, revisiting this, I think I, I appreciate it way more than I ever did, and uh, I'm gonna put this in my collection. Goddamn it! Nice. Yeah, if you buy that DVD, let me know because I, I would like to watch the special. I want to watch the uh, yeah the making of, and I'm sure you can you can get a hell of a lot more than what I managed to dig up about the film's production, which looked like it was a whole lot of fun for everybody. Our next movie, we're not quite sure what it's going to be. <clears throat> right. Um, we're going to do another poll on our private Facebook group. So cool. once again, if you want to be a part of that for a dollar a month on Patreon, yeah. um, you can find that on our website or the support the show link. I, I do want to say, uh, uh, oh yeah, go ahead and plug all of our, our uh, stuff. Also, don't forget Exploitation. The introduction episode is uh, yeah. one of our bonus episodes. I know Zach will be doing another one at some point, and we'll be releasing that whenever. I'm probably going to try to get it out since this is... This episode will drop this Saturday of the night. Yeah, yeah. I want, I want it to come out the following weekend. So this next week, I'll probably have uh, an an episode. I want to I want to focus in on probably like George Romero and the zombie movies. Nice. Yeah, that'll be a good hit because I I you can watch um, Night of the Living Dead is public domain. Yeah, no. So yeah. anybody can watch that anytime. Um, I was talking with Chris Halka, one of our Patreons. Um, <clears throat> About he he back in like eleven years ago he went out to Fort Myers and uh, did some location 
photos of places from within the movie Day of the Dead, 85. Oh, that's cool. And we sort of, I, I didn't realize, well, maybe I did, but I forgot that he was a big fan of that series. So if I talk about that series, I was thinking of bringing him in just to just to kind of have a back and forth with me about George Romero and his body of work. Yeah, not a problem. So that'll I, be fun. I, I also got some cables that um, we can make really good phone calls now. Okay, fantastic. So we can also do that. Also, uh, yeah, that was, I oh, I forgot to tell you earlier the reason I was actually a little late to do this, ladies and gentlemen, much to my um, shame, because we had originally scheduled the four o'clock. Yeah, and uh, I was working hard on the on the episode. I was like, I'm gonna get a little nap, and 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 I I set my phone next to me because I was I, I was falling asleep listening to another wonderful podcast, The Magician Prepares. Oh, I was listening to your to your discussion with up. Jason about jo- the amazing we, Jonathan. Yeah, we've been we haven't really done many of those discussions. I think I'm just gonna release all of the my original interviews, and mm-hmm. then when we get around to it, we're gonna. I enjoyed it, it very much, man. I gotta tell you that uh, um, the interview with the interview with amazing Jonathan, I think particularly was cool because he really he had a lot to say. He does have a lot to say, and that's actually the shortest interview I did. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think the last interview we did was two hours and twenty minutes. Okay. Yeah, it was the last one. So, yeah, I'm having fun really diving through that. Thank so, you. That'll be good, man. Yeah, you guys can watch that. Uh, Magician Prepares, Act 1 Interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, that's on a, you can buy the book or listen to the audio. Yeah. Uh, other than that, all you quacks out there. Uh, all my little ducklings. Thank you for tuning in, listening in, mm-hmm. being part of the show. We hope you're all being safe Absolutely. Be sure to uh, look us up. Give us a like, a follow, and subscribe. Instagram at Duck and the Usher. Twitter at Duck and the Usher. Facebook.com slash Duck in the Usher, I have been Fish. I have been Josh, and we want you guys also on our Facebook page, uh, you know, if you guys suggest a movie, even if you're not a Patreon, you know, shoot us yeah. some posts. I know that we don't post a lot. You know, it's been we do it's it on a occasion, weird time. But, but don't, you know. don't think that you guys can't try to chime in a conversation with us, because we're more than happy to talk to you on that. Yeah, we're pretty interactive with everybody online, so if you want to talk about movies of any uh, style, genre, or, uh, you know, lesser known gems, shoot them, shoot them our way. All right, guys. Well, okay. Au revoir. Au revoir. TCB, baby. TCB, baby. Now, what the hell, what do I care? I got to grow some my pecker. Mm-hmm.